0: start recording this podcast i'm gonna take a snapchat video of how lazy i am and that i'm laying down and i also just realized that i heard you click the button and now that means we're definitely recording
1: yep so your song will come in right after the theme song
0: <laughs> my song is great it's
1: so it, good it it's great. So we're going to keep it in and we're going to jump right into our episode. And I guess first we need to get out of the way. Uh, it is late on Sunday night.
0: It is so past my bedtime
1: (laughs) it's so late um we don't usually record this late but uh we were (laughs) trying to find a time that worked for all parties involved and it turns out that time is later than normal so here we are it is after 9 p.m uh it was a long weekend friday and saturday we both spent in the madison area for the wfca state tournament we have so much to talk about so uh, let's just jump in. Let's let's start. Let's why don't you start t- by telling me um, how your Friday started because you got started way before I did.
0: Well, first of all, I'm not going to jump in. I will gently step my way forward to tell you that I woke up at five o'clock on Friday morning to get ready to drive a minivan to pick up my Congress team, and then we drove to Madison. Uh, on the way to Madison, I made them listen to one of my favorite stories from my favorite murder, the podcast. It was not it's not like one of the creepy, awful stories. It's uh, about the Galapagos incident, which okay. is a great story and is very fun. And if you ever want me to retell it to you in person, I will because I love talking about it. Uh, but then we i think I think
1: actually know about this. I think this was featured on something else that I listened to.
0: Uh, Probably. It's a super, super interesting story. But, was uh, it also
1: a documentary? Yes. Okay, One I, another podcast that I listened to, True Crime Obsessed, talked about this.
0: Perfect. It's a great like, story, y'all. Look it up.
1: Was it but, like a crazy doctor, like, talked some German woman into coming and staying in the glass yes. Islands and living, like, off the grid? Yes,
0: but the but, like, craziest part is She had, like, serious teeth.
1: health issues needed She had multiple to be sclerosis. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I know But the craziest
0: part is the teeth. Okay, now I just have to talk about it. So he <laughs> believed in obsessive mastication and he was a, like a dentist doctor but he like over to the point that he removed all of his teeth and had a set of stainless steel dentures for himself like straight up bond villain creepy dentures but after having moved to the island he decided that it would be better for him and his crazy lover lady to also remove all of her teeth but they were on this non-inhabited island so they both just shared his pair of dentures
1: oh my god
0: (laughs) they just passed them back and forth during meals and that mental image is crazy to me and while i was telling you about this my microphone fell on my
2: face
1: (laughs) (laughs) you're living a dream you're should we tell the audience that you're finally recording an episode of forensics faces laying down
0: I'm completely supine, like I am so flat in my bed, laying in the dark. <laughs> but I, I woke up today so ill. I just can't imagine being any other position in any other place on Earth. But I made my students listen to that story at seven o'clock in the morning while we drove to Madison, and then we arrived and we got to do congressional debate in the Capitol, and it was just so overwhelming. I've never been to the Capitol ever. I've been to Madison plenty, plenty of times, but I've never been inside of the Capitol building. And it is so beautiful. Uh, Shout out to Mark Adi from Alpaca, who is telling me fun facts about the Capitol building, (laughs) because he's the kind of person who knows fun facts about the Capitol building. Uh, Did you know that the Wisconsin State Capitol building has the second largest Capitol dome in the nation?
1: No, I did not know that.
0: I know that now. Thanks, Mark Adi. But uh So we do
1: we think Mark Adi is the type of person who just knows that information? Or is Mark Adi the type of person who looks that information up before going to a, a place like the state capitol?
0: Oh, I think Mark Adi is the kind of person who just like reads books about those sorts of things. Like Mark Adi thinks those sorts of things are interesting. Okay, but enough about Mark Adi. Let's talk about how cool it was to see a bunch of high schoolers getting to experience what it feels like to actually apply what they're doing in congressional debate in the real space within which they would congressionally debate. Like, yes, I've been, we've gone to the Marquette Congress where we are in the city hall, but there's just something about being in the Capitol and we're, we're in this big circular room and there's this incredibly beautiful glass ceiling above it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we're doing the informational meeting and then the kids got to go be dispersed to their separate chambers. And my chamber was a little hearing room, but it was still like a perfect circle and it just felt very cool. And I just really liked it. And uh, everyone just kept getting lost a bunch and we all just bonded over that. <laughs> and I just it was just a very cool, special thing to get to do. And as someone who does laud Congress in the way that I do student congressional Congress, that is not necessarily our Congress in D.C., but it just felt really it was just another example of the last two days just filling my little heart so full just all the kids talking about how cool it was and watching all the teams taking team photos and everyone like pointing out all the little details about the architecture and the beauty of the building, but also people on tours just like stopping in, in the super session room and just watching the kids competing, just like random observers, like not necessarily knowing what was going on.
1: Wow. Uh,
0: and it was just cool. Cause there's a bunch of teenagers <laughs>
1: in suits. I'm surprised they let tourists come in Well that yeah, was, there was I there suppose was there was no security.
0: Yeah, there were just some randos who were just sliding in and out of these doors to like these back observational sections, just watching, being very confused. But Next I
1: thought it was we'll cool. Next time we'll have to put up a sign. Yes. No. No, it But was you came and took cool. photos. I, yeah, I showed up just to... Uh, so my role this weekend was to help Mike Tross... Uh, Procure images for his final slideshow that showed before the awards ceremony at the state tournament, and I have I've had computer problems this whole week. the my, The computer that I record on for my audiobooks, it is a separate and special computer that I have just for that. Uh, it broke last week. I had to send it in to get fixed. It has been way more than the three to five days they said it would take to. Return it to me. Um, So therefore, Friday, I was once again not being productive at home. So I was like, well, I may as well go early to at least get some photos of the congressional debaters so that they could also be included as part of the recap video and uh, preserved for all time as part of the archive from 2019 state tournament. And um, I'm glad I did because, yeah, that building was so incredibly cool and it did make it feel so much more special um, that Student Congress was happening in such an ornate and beautiful space. And uh, I got some good shots out of it, too, so I was happy.
0: Yeah, it's Congress as a category kind of gets sort of passed over in our state. It's not nearly as big a deal as it of, as it is for other places in the nation. So to get to have the association in its own little way recognize the work that the students do by having our Congress director, Tim Scheffler, get us sponsored as an association to hold our event there, it just felt really good. And you could tell the kids felt really cool, too, because normally we people... Don't really take it very seriously, but it just felt nice to watch them see that we as the association were putting in the effort and the work to show them that we do take them seriously.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, so, yeah, if I assume that was all Tim Scheffler um, and good on him because he did a great job of making that. Making that happen, and it was a uniquely cool experience. One that I hope we'll be able to do again in the future. Even though state seems like it's going to be uh, moving around a lot more than it has, yeah, uh, in the in the past. So very cool experience. Um, did you guys do anything fun on Friday night? <laughs>
0: I mean, you could say that we did something a little interesting for our team bonding on Friday night. Uh, We normally have a giant team practice, but it just didn't feel like the thing to do this year. I just I really love my team like as a whole. They just get along really well. And we just have a really great dynamic. And I just wanted to celebrate that and that chemistry. So we had a party similar to the one that we threw for Ben for his birthday, where me and the Nationals kids dressed up as different versions of him. But instead, the students drew each other's names at the team meeting on Monday and then spent the week getting together pieces uh, for costumes to dress up as each other. And then we had a weird little like fashion show costume party in my hotel room. Uh, and it was great. I got to dress up as my student, Kobe. Uh, I, I wore men's cargo shorts for 23 whole minutes on Friday.
1: That's and more time than I've worn men's cargo shorts in the last five years.
0: But it was I was also like so many of the people in the room, Ben included, were just telling me how weird it was to see me wearing shorts. because. <laughs> I don't really wear them, uh, right. but and then my student Mason got to dress up as me. And while his costume was not very referential, he was spot on in his recreation of my dance moves and my overall attitude as a person. But
1: you're over. I'm sure you're really over.
0: My overall attitude as a person.
1: Oh, OK. It was a, we just had a weird like Internet and or computer glitch where all I heard was my dance moves and my overall at. And I was like, there is several ways that word could end. Uh,
0: it's definitely attitude. It's 100% attitude. Okay. Although he did have he did have his uh, twerk skills on Legendary, as Lizzo would say, in the song Tempo, which he danced to as part of his costume reveal to me. But it was just very fun. And I highly recommend it uh, if you have the sort of team where the kids will lean into that sort of thing and can do so in a really positive way, which everyone did. So it was very fun. And then I I had all my kids in bed by 10.
1: That's awesome. I love that notion though, that like you knew your team like would excel on Saturday, whether or not there was a practice, because the thing that makes them tick is that personal bond. And it's just one of those things where it's like, as a coach, you need to figure out what works for your people. Sometimes they're super close. Sometimes they are not. And so you got to be flexible. I like, I like, I like that.
0: But then we were up and early on Saturday to go to my first time at DeForest.
1: Yeah, I had never been to DeForest either.
0: It felt very middle of nowhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, driving even from like the hotel in North northern madison to de forest i was like where are we going Yep. but it, you know it, i feel that same way like every time i drive from green bay to sheboygan too it's like it takes almost no time to go from city to just like rural expanse yeah like you go you go from city to farmland in almost no time so it it was not shocking to me but it was a little bit like oh this is This is definitely more rural than I expected it to be. Um, I guess I I thought DeForest was more of just like a suburb of Madison. Um, Yeah. And it's it's not far, but there's there's definitely a little bit of uh, farmland in between. Um, So I got to the school a little bit before seven, got to walk in and give, you know, a big hug to Deb Tross and then go say hi to Mike and just kind of got my camera out and waited for teams to arrive with some of the DeForest uh, volunteers. Um, And in that time, I also got to see Tom August, who was our tournament uh, host. Uh, He is the coach from DeForest High School. And so he worked uh, with you know the whole executive board but also with mike tross to make sure that the school both the high school and the middle school were ready for us for competition and i also got to say hi to john peschel who was acting as in his role as sort of the assistant host of the tournament since he had been uh so intimately involved in running the state tournament for so many years and it was just even those first few moments it was like ah people I haven't seen in forever. And it felt good because that's what state is like. Even the people you haven't seen all year or the people you only see once a year, it was so exciting to, to see them and say hi. And then to like literally get to greet just about every single team as they got off their bus or drove up in their vans and walked into the school. So much fun.
0: Yeah. It would have been nice if I would have gotten to successfully have the photo that I made my student Raksha prepare and pseudo pose for when I saw that you were standing to greet schools. But instead, you were talking to your former students from your team and being a nice former coach.
1: I apologize. And I I I told you this already. I told you this already. I was waiting for the Sheboygan people to show up so I could take their photos because almost everybody that was walking by me was giving me this like weird look of like, why is this person taking my picture? Or they like just looked super tired after having ridden a bus at like super early hours in the morning. Or they were like trying to be like posey which Mike gave me very strict instructions not to get anybody posing and so I was like but the Sheboygan people they'll do me solid because they'll see me they'll recognize me they'll maybe even be happy to see me so then they'll look like naturally happy I was like that'll be a great photo opportunity and then I totally biffed it by talking to Mariah Irvin (laughs) as she was coming up and then like almost the whole north team went by me and then Rachel stopped to talk to me and that's apparently when you We're walking up and I missed it.
0: I literally was telling Raksha, I was like, okay, so Kurt's trying to get great photos for a thing that they're going to do that's similar to nationals. Spoiler alert. So what we're going to do, do you want to look like we're funny and laughing at something? Or do you want to look like I'm motivating you? And she was like, I guess we can look funny. And I was like, okay. So, and then I began to fluff my hair and I was like, you look great. Do I look great? And she was like, yes, very hesitantly. And I was like, all right, so we're going to walk towards Kurt and we're going to look great. And we're going to look really fun and casual. And you didn't even acknowledge us and we were like okay fine I'm and then sorry. she was like all that build up for nothing and I was like I'm used to it
1: <laughs> I'm sorry I did get pictures of Raksha later yes and one of them appeared in the slideshow yes so there you I go I think she
0: hated it I mean it <laughs> should be She's said, a very
1: introverted person so it should be said that I did not pick the photos that made it into the slideshow yeah, I just delivered all of the photos and then some other human, his name is Gavin, picked the photos that went into the slideshow. So I'm not responsible yeah. for what made it in there. I'm just responsible for taking a lot of photos of a lot of different people.
0: Yeah, but you spend the day taking those photos, going between the sites. I was at the middle school tabbing. I... I was there with my tab partner, Rayan from Arrowhead. And it was lovely to get to hang out with her because at her tournament, Steve separated us and kept me all to himself uh, as the rude person that Steve is. So we just got to bond all day and I just got to fall deeply into how similar we are as people. Cause the further that we got into the day, the more we began to sing nearly everything we did. And it just was very heartwarming to um, not feel that weird. And then also Cole from the Eau Claire area was there, who I judged when he was a student, and now he's like about five to graduate ago. I know he's about to graduate college. Oh
1: gosh, like oh. a real teacher
0: person. It's so gross. I mean, like people are allowed to progress and age and mature and stuff, but like it's not what I want.
1: <laughs> it's just it's it makes fine. us feel so old.
0: Yeah. And then also Dave and Doris were working the intake table. So it was just a nice little group of folks I got to hang out with and chat with and do stuff for. And yeah, then I came back to the high school and just ran back and forth doing any and everything that Mike Tross wanted me to do.
1: Yeah. I will freely admit that I got a little bored at times because when you're taking pictures, and especially we wanted to focus on the students. Like the students in the morning, it was great. I was running around for a long time. But then as soon as the first round started... You know, I tried to take a few like stealthy photos, you know, through windows of kids performing. But the last thing I wanted was for them to notice that their photo was being taken and have them take that out of their performance. Yeah. So I only did it for round one and I like refused to go back and take more at the high school. And then I was like kind of bored. So I was like just kind of walking around. I stopped in at the TPP room um, or the bud hole, as I like to say.
0: Yep. We're going to get it going. It's the bud hole, everyone. I
1: chatted, you know, with Ron and Mariah and Tom Harden and Steve Schmid was in there. Steve, who turns out does not like having his photo taken. So I made sure to take plenty of them. And you took an
0: amazing photo of him. I did. I know we already talked to Steve about this, but let's address it on the podcast because it's our podcast and we can. We adore Steve as a person and Kurt just managed to encapsulate him well in a photograph. And I'm really jealous because I don't I think I've only ever had one photo that good taken of me ever. And it's my profile photo on Facebook.
1: (laughs) So you had some excellent photos taken of you when we did our photo shoot for the podcast.
0: Yeah, that's what that photo is from.
1: Oh, that one. I thought you were talking about it. It's
0: the one of me be me take like the f- a photo that is my profile on Facebook was me like just posing to show our photographer, Peyton, that that location is one that we'd used before. So it wasn't even actually a photo. I was just posing there for you. But she was like testing the lighting slash taking it as a real photo. And it just actually turned out like a real great, nice photo.
1: Well, and much like that, this photo is just Steve walking towards Ryan and me. Not realizing that his photo was being taken. And I feel like I captured the essence of Steve Schmidt if he was also a cast member of the West Wing.
0: 100%. It was a walk and talk moment.
1: Yeah. yeah. It was great. It's a good photo. Steve, yeah. if you want it, let me know. I will send you it to you. You But you seem opposed to having your image captured by an electronic device. So, yeah. If you don't so maybe want he's it, unworthy. okay
0: to if anything, at least send it to his wife.
1: Well, I don't know his wife, but I got Steve's wife. Yeah. If you're listening, listen at forensicsfaces.com. That's the email. You, you We'd get love in touch. i to send
0: you a picture of him. <laughs> and, and I will send you
1: a, a few excellent photos of your husband. <laughs> so, oh, this got weird. Um, I mean, so, so, <laughs> so it was a great time on. being,
0: yeah, it was great going back over to the high school. So, Because this is our podcast, and because I know that people do genuinely want this from others, I would like to talk about my first criticism of the state tournament.
1: I'm not going to stop you.
0: The first piece of feedback that I got from my students when we were talking about things that they loved and didn't like was the lunch. Oh, I appreciated all of the side options, carrots and apples as well as chips. But like my like veggie option once I removed the cheese was just a piece of lettuce and two tomatoes. Mm. And my students who are also vegetarian and one who is lactose intolerant and vegetarian. We're just like, well, I, th- I didn't realize that this wasn't really going to be that great of an option. So I'm just saying that's my feedback. And yes, I fully take responsibility for the fact that if I wanted very specific food, I could pack my own lunches and bring my own lunches and that sort of thing. But I just wanted to say that that in a tournament that had plenty of beautiful, amazing things, the great spread they had for the judges outside of the judges meeting in the morning, like... And the the spread that they had over at the middle school were great, but I just the lunch option was subpar for me.
1: Okay, I don't First know. First like, feedback, and like I'm not saying that feedback is invalid. Yeah. Oh man, like starting that sentence that way makes this sound so so
0: mansplaining. No,
1: I know. I but I, I want you to know I'm hearing that as well. But I'm also <laughs> thinking like. We probably won't hold the state tournament at DeForest again, like, within five years, if ever. So, like, like, next year the food situation will be totally different because we're in a totally different location. But I just hope that. that So then here, I hope that
0: Scott is listening and Scott thinks about and considers the fact that for a lot of us, we are going to eat that lunch option and then we won't eat again until after the award ceremony, which doesn't finish up until about six thirty, and then we stop somewhere for dinner on the way back. So some of us aren't eating again until seven. So taking into consideration the lunch options and concession availabilities for students that ensure that they have enough access to food or eating a type of food that properly fills them up for the day. Because my student, I, my students are always told they have to bring a second snack that is called their award ceremony snack that they yeah. eat while they're waiting for the award ceremony to start to get them through to that point. But not everyone does that.
1: No. And, and then there but are like I will those kids too, that just
0: look cranky and sad when they're on the stage. And it's like, you're totally stoked that you're in finals, but you're also hungry right now.
1: True. But I will say, too, the, probably the only way that somebody can control that situation is to do what you said, which is to bring your own food, which I saw several teams do, including Appleton West, who had like an unbelievable spread. Like they had several crock pots out. They were making like hot sandwiches and they had fresh fruit. They were making smoothies at their table.
0: Are you serious?
1: I'm serious. I'm serious. And like uh, Becky Henning like invited me to come and like eat with them. Like they had extras. They were be, they were very well set up and being very generous um, because they looked at the box lunch option and thought, you know, it would cost us less money to just ask parents to like, donate food that we could bring with us and then they had this whole amazing spread and so their kids were were well fed dang Uh, i saw a few other people like ordered pizzas or ordered jimmy johns um so i guess yes i mean not only scott next year but also like the entire team uh the entire executive board of the wfca can also uh help to remember that like The food is an important aspect of the day, but also coaches, if you want to really make sure your kids are well fed, probably the only way to do it is to bring your own food or arrange your own food. True, which, by the way, if I was still coaching, I would not do. (laughs) (laughs) Like full disclosure, I'd be like, eat your crappy box lunch. It's fine. It's calories. That's what your body's looking for. Sometimes food is fuel. Just eat it. It is easier to pay the $6 to the state rather than trying to coordinate an entire other option for you. God bless. Amen. You don't as I literally said to some of the my former North students when they were talking to me about the box lunches, I was like, nobody comes to state for a great dining experience. Just eat your food.
0: That's fair. And it's not like they were bad. They were just like there was not it wasn't sustenance. But enough about the food. Let's talk about other things that were great slash wonderful slash fun.
1: Um This is and this is where like the thing that I was doing didn't allow me to like really take part in state as I normally would. I was very much like on the outskirts. So um, like, as far as like the way the tournament itself officially ran, I think everything went well, but like I was mostly just an observer and I wasn't helping all that much. I literally helped to enter one ballot in the tab room Um, Because it was at a moment when I was there just visiting with people and then the entire executive, like the elected members of the executive board had to go uh, deliberate on a TPP appeal. And so it was just me and John Balsarek in the room and then like a ballot came in. So I was like, well, I guess I'll help you enter this one ballot. And that was the only useful thing I did for the entire tournament. (sighs) At one point towards the end of the day, we were having trouble getting some images off of the iCloud account of the other person who was taking photos with us. And I looked to Gavin, who was at the computer doing the video, and I said to him, I was like, take some comfort in knowing that if everything we did today fails, no one will know that there was supposed to be a summary video that didn't happen. So literally nothing we're doing here matters. And sometimes
0: that's comfort. OK,
1: yeah, I was like, yep, this can completely fail and nobody will know. That's what I did at state. Something that like had it totally bombed. We just would have cut it from the program and nobody would have been any wiser. But so,
0: instead it came together and it looked so cool. It, and as Mike warned during the judges meeting, it was so loud. Holy crap holy crap i felt that
1: <laughs> to be fair the you of and my i head to the bottom of my toes and we were in the front row we
0: were in the front row you to take photos me to put take photos to post to the wfca twitter account because even though i'm not on communications mike was just like you're young you did this previously please do this for me again and i was like okay I
1: need a so youth I, to post on Twitter
0: get me Someone one of them there millennials Oh, sorry Mike this is not an impression of you this is just us <laughs> being so tired or in my case being so tired but uh, yeah I just I felt it shaking my body
1: oh yeah there was but the kids were there so hyped about it speakers
0: and that's what's important is that the kids were so into it and they were so hyped about it I will I'm so say, excited
1: to see themselves and their teammates,
0: yeah. I think that in the future, that that video would be great to play right before we start the actual reading of the awards because we sort of got the kids all hyped up and amped to then listen to a bunch of adults talk,
1: oh, very true, yeah, very true. That would have so been so I good think thing if we had right if
0: we had had, We had had our tournament host greet us and then we, the, our, uh, John Rademacher had arranged for former speech and debater, now state representative, Melissa Sargent to speak, which was super cool. Uh, and then we gave out scholarships and also the, uh, award for coaching. Uh, but I think if we had then put the video after that stuff to then get all of us re-energized again, I feel like it would have helped with the pacing a bit. Because, as you and I pointed out, pacing sort of fell away. Yeah. Gotta consider the pacing, y'all.
1: Well, the thing I kind of leaned over and whispered to you at one point, too, is, like, something a lot of people don't think about is that, like, emceeing... Like a good master of ceremonies, like that's a tough gig and not well, everybody's good at it naturally. Even people who are like really well-spoken, articulate, smart, you know, people like still it's it's a whole separate talent. To be able to be a master of ceremonies, to MC an event, to read the room, to know when you need to move on, uh, to be able to crack a joke, to be able to, uh, you know, make people feel welcomed and as though they are a part of the ceremony and not just watching what's happening. It's, it's like a thing and it, it, Not everybody has it. And I do think one thing that the WFCA should consider is maybe figuring out who's good at that and letting them be the master of ceremonies for a few years and like let somebody get good at it and then train the next person to do it. Um, You know, Mike, when he was on the podcast, I forget if he mentioned this on the podcast or just in conversation. You know, he felt strongly that the president of the organization, uh, who this year is John Rademacher, should be the one who kind of emcees the ceremony because he's the president and he's uh, you know, should be a visible part of the, the the ceremony as it is. And while I agree with all of that, it also like John had so many other things to worry about that day. <laughs> and then also now you're you're emceeing the ceremony. Um, and, you know, I was in the room as they were like figuring out the order and who was going to do what. And, and so. I hate to criticize people who mean so well, and I do love all of these people, um, and I, I hope they know this is not personal, but I do think one thing, uh, if I was to criticize the state tournament, is that not a lot of thought was put into that ceremony itself. Um, like a lot of time and energy went into like the opening part of it, um, and the look of it, but then, and, and, and like getting a, a representative from the state, like all the elements were thought of in advance, but when it came time to like put them all together and then make it happen, that was kind of happening in the room the day of. Um, and I think again, that, that being an MC is a, a special, special skill.
0: Kirk, can I interrupt you for some breaking news?
1: Yes, Melissa, you may.
0: <gasps> there's a there's a, a third person on our podcast recording.
1: Hi, can you hear me? Yes. You <gasps> can.
0: Oh my god, it's nice. Antonio! Ladies and gentlemen, Antonio yeah. Trinidad.
2: Hi, um, long-time listener, uh, second-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> this time it's not a surprise for Melissa like last no. time.
0: Yeah, this time I knew it was coming. To be fair, nice. didn't know at what point we were recording that you would come in. So still sort of a surprise. Yeah,
2: yeah, I figured it out.
1: You so did I'm it. Glad I'm here. Awesome. So we're Welcome. just kind of talking about like the highs um, and let's say mediums. We won't yeah. say lows, the highs and mediums of the state tournament. Um, were there any highlights for you that you wanted to talk about?
2: Because you were there um, too. Yeah. So I was just a normal judge. And so the high for me was just seeing some awesome competitors. Um, you're probably going to get to the segment at the end of the best thing we saw at the week. But um, I saw a really awesome informative round for prelims
0: hooray
2: yeah i don't know who the person was but um she did a speech about um decision fatigue and it was just really good oh wow
1: that's one yeah. i haven't heard so. of
2: before yeah so whoever you're out there um lady um i'm gonna assume um <laughs> good job cool ringing so,
0: endorsement
2: yeah <laughs>
1: if you're the lady who did a speech about decision fatigue let yes. us know. We'll um, shout you
2: out. Yeah, round two. Yeah, an Asian guy judged you and I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome,
1: Melissa. Was there anything yeah. else or Antonio highlights? It's, yeah, well,
2: you, yeah. Um, the low was probably. I think you covered it already, but the low was probably the food for me.
0: And that's um, okay. But we, yeah, we're, we're we've yeah. we've given our notes. We're gonna work on it.
1: Not only did right. we cover it, we even debated it for a little bit.
2: Yeah. Because it's and, us. Um, yeah. And so at the end of the... Uh, so I left right after my, I judged my final round. Um, but, I, you know, through the day, I was just thinking, you know, what special thing are we going to give these kids? Because um, I remember being a student at Ripon. And I remember, even though if you didn't uh, break, you still, we had this little thing where we would go to the ice cream shop down, um, down below the hill in Ripon. And so I wish there was... I think a little more special things to do for these kids. Um, cause you know, they work so hard. So I think that's the only thing I wish, um, they had more of. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Cause like I loved, I love the physical participant ribbon that all the students were wearing. I loved how that looked all of them in the hallways, like wearing those. But yeah, my kids did comment on how bored they were a lot. I sent them outside. They like, I was like, go outside.
2: Yeah. Cause it's beautiful
0: out. Some of them did that. It was a good day. But Yeah because on a college campus they can go like wander into a like merch store or they can like go eat food somewhere else that's nearby and make a decision that way but um yeah they're not a ton to occupy time there
2: yeah and it's a good thing um that there isn't, because I guess the other s- side of it is they can just focus on competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Although there is something to be said for holding state at a college or university. And and Mike said that in the episode last week, too, that, you know, he was really trying to think of ways to make the day feel special since it wasn't since it was going to be at a high school. And all of these kids exist in their day to day life at a high school. So right you know and i do think were i wanted to talk about the ribbon because i did think the ribbon looked super cool on those kids walking through the hallways i was super stoked to see them um to see most of the competitors wear it all day long
0: yes and also yeah, there were lots really of different idea. ways that kids were wearing them too which i was like yes for creativity
1: and i'm like and for i like creativity. The idea that just be- wear it on your lapel
0: not everyone wears a blazer, Kirk Raves. Dang. <laughs> but also, I like the idea that, like, they'll because Mike had said the intention is to have them be a different color and a little bit different every year. So the idea of kids getting to, like, collect them as they attend the state tournament, I just really like that idea. I like that as a little souvenir.
2: Yeah.
1: Agreed. Um... I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we really need to talk about. Um, I do want to make sure that we say as a part of this podcast, a huge thank you to the tournament director, Mike Tross and his wife, Deb Wiretross. Mike and
0: Deb.
1: Who put in so much time and effort into to making that state tournament happen. Um, I got a message, uh, Melissa and I actually both got a message from Mike today talking about what the experience was and how grateful he was for all of the help and all of the people um, who gave their time and energy to make the day successful. Um, he also posted that on his Facebook account. So rather than like reading you his whole message, I'm just gonna say go. Look at his message on Facebook if you were involved, because he thanks many people there personally um, and talks about just how important the state tournament was and how much work it was and how grateful he was for all the help that he got. Um, But that is what Mike wants to do. He's going to try to make it seem like other people did more work when, in fact, he put in so much time and energy and deserves a huge thank you uh, from, from the WFCA for doing that. And and so thank you to to Mike Tross and to Deb uh, for making that happen. Literally, it could not have happened without you. Too true. Thanks, Mike and Deb. Yeah. All right. So that is our state recap. Um, Let's jump into one of our last two categorious discussions. And that would be what are we talking about today, guys? Drum roll. Group
2: interpretation. Oh, damn it! Damn yes. it! No you, no, you did it. You did good. You did good. I do the drum roll. <laughs> that <was> group interpretation.
1: <laughs> well, Melissa's broken. It's gonna uh, take a while for her to come back from this.
0: Uh, it was just, I, it was just a perfect demonstration of our friendship, but now it's recorded for prosperity.
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah.
0: Anyway, group interpretation. Yeah. Binders, 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 binders.
2: Yeah. So this is, um, this is one of, I'm really excited because this is probably uh, my favorite category to coach. And to judge. So I guess we can start by, you know, giving the direct definition from our, our uh, organization.
0: Oh, my God. So Who is the host of this podcast now? Excuse me, Mr. Trinidad. Oh, gosh. We get you on the microphone and you just take over.
2: Yeah, it's fine. Go That's ahead. Nice I'll just hang Go back. I'll,
0: I'm I'll just keep laying yeah. here. We'll just keep laying. You got this. Take it away. Yeah, by the way, so, your
1: microphone um, sounds so good. <laughs> it okay. sounds really good. Your voice sounds warm (laughs) and buttery and amazing.
2: Thank you. So yeah, tell us the definition. Yeah. Contrary to dramatic performance, the challenge of this category is to present a literary script in such a manner that the audience imagines action being described rather than witnessing it being performed. Symbolic characterization and vocal and physical action rather than a literal dramatization or pantomime is required. So, um, what that says to me, in a nutshell, is that you you take anything you want—a um, newspaper column, a prose, or a poetry, a program—and you do whatever you can to be creative with it. Um, weave these pieces together, um, and don't—you know—you have that. Um, what uh, acting versus uh, interpreting, right? That's a whole uh, discussion you guys have so ongoingly. Um so the first thing we should talk about is uh how to properly judge and coach a good group interp. Um so we have to define what dramatization is, right? So I think if you think about dramatization, um you have to think of what categories we have um th- that are like group interp. So I would go to things like duo and play acting. So my advice first and foremost to coaches is to build group interpretation materials. Uh, that don't imitate a drama script or gestures and blocking that mimic uh, what a play acting might look like or what a duo might look like for that matter. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, you're doing great. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So it's interesting because I judge Group Interp a couple times this season and it's interesting to see how groups of um, maybe two people um, would perform the Group Interp just like how say a duo might perform their group interp. Yeah, which there's is uh, a lot of that right yeah. now. Yeah. I think we've talked
1: about that and, on the pod. If not, we've certainly talked about it in private how how closely aligned so many group interrup and duo performances are starting to look and play acting as well. We did
0: it when we talked about play acting, yeah, about yeah. how so many play actings now are just two people and how they're not taking advantage of all the aspects of play acting, and yeah, group and terp is the same way. A lot of group and terps are just two folks, but yeah. luckily the final stage did not reflect that. Yesterday, there were there were some. I do believe the state champions were a group of three actually. So they
2: were yeah, yeah. Three, group of three girls from Appleton East.
1: Antonio, before we get too deep into the category discussion, I do want to find out like. I mean, I know this about you, but for our listening audience, like what's your experience working with Group Interp? Are you like one of the more successful coaches to have ever worked with Group Interp and Group? <laughs> because yeah. they like just go up so and I've, win all the time. Is that
2: part of your yeah, reputation? Yeah. So for the three years I was a head coach at St. Lawrence, I was really lucky to um, have a lot of good groups. And we were, we managed to get uh state championship for every year I was a uh, head coach. So
1: yeah. Dang.
2: Yeah, and so it's it's just uh there's so much that goes into it. Uh why I love the category. Um which is what we're gonna talk about today.
1: Yeah. How about you, Melissa? What's your experience with group interp?
0: Um group interp is definitely more of Ben's thing on our team. Um I've had some Okay, group interps, I think I've had state finalists one year, but otherwise, it's not really something 2015. that... Oh, thank you. Um, It's not something that yeah. I'm really known for. <laughs> okay.
1: And I'm a recent uh, convert to the group interp. I used to think it was silly and weird, uh, but it wasn't until I started working with a group of three girls a few years ago. In Group Interp that I realized how much fun it can be if you're working with students who, one, want to work together more than they want to do an individual category and who do work together well and can have fun with it and are open to trying new things and taking guidance and and those three girls, I'm happy to say, uh, were state finalists this year in their senior year. And so I was yeah. so excited to see them do that. And they did that. And their current coaches will back me up on this. I've talked to them about it. Um, they did that all on their own. Like they took what we worked on for the last couple of years and just applied it and came up with their own stuff. And and I'm, I'm so incredibly happy that they got to that final stage because they deserve it.
2: Yeah. And I think uh, a reason why a lot of uh, coaches don't have too much uh, involvement in group interp is, um, unlike other categories, besides play acting, I think there comes more practicalities with the category. Um, Tom, Horde, Tom Harden of uh, James Madison Memorial, or previously James Madison Memorial, told me um, at a meeting once, he said, you know why you have the, the best group? That was a horrible Tom Harden impersonation, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, he said it's because, um, all my students have the same damn schedule. Um, and it's true. So I went at St. Lawrence, it was a boarding school. So my kids woke up at the same time. They ate at the same time, went to bed. Um, uh, so it was really easy for us, uh, to find a time to practice. Um, they knew they were going to the same tournaments um, so one of the rules I had at, uh, for, at my team was, um, all the, all the members of the group had to be, you know, at, at the same extracurricular activity. So I either had a group of say all basketball players or wrestlers, or none of them were any of the above. So the practicalities of you could practice at, the at a good amount of time or go to the same tournaments. Um, so we could ensure that.
0: That's so smart, but also sounds so hard.
2: Yeah, it's difficult. And I think it's an anomaly at St. Lawrence where, like I said, um, everyone has the same schedule. So it's 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 easy for it was easy for us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But Um, you still had to be good at it once you got them in that practice room. Yeah. So like, where do you start? Like when it came time to find a piece, what were you looking for?
2: Uh, So I wove my group interps the same way as I made uh, my Faragos. So you know I like really strung out, really long group interps. Back in the day when it was 12 minutes, I'd have them 12 minutes and 10 seconds long. Um, uh, but the way I start first is you make the, the members, right? And so what I liked about group interpretation was um, it was awesome to have even the most inexperienced forensicators in it. Um, and so I think, um, it was nice because my group interpreters were jocks or were people who were star soccer, basketball players and who did well because they were in a group. So it's that whole aspect of the power of being in a group, you know, Mm -hmm. they're used to working in a team. Yeah. Yeah. That's true too. But the, the, the line of, you know, I was in an all boys school, right? So it's like you're less ashamed to show sort of your emotions as long as there are other people around you who are doing the same thing, right? Okay. And so one of the proudest moments that I had as a coach was I was taking these students who were star basketball players who probably would have never gone to or did forensics if they're in a more um, contemporary kind of school, now, you know, um, but who were state champions or who were um, really good at forensics. Um so yeah um when i when I made these pieces, the first thing I started was think started to think of um was a theme, so I've had different themes in the past, like uh, the different levels of how we express love um as a man, from when we're younger to you're older, or the struggles of dating or uh, um, the power of dancing, right? I uh, remember so with, well, yeah, so with finding these pieces, I usually come across a piece that I like. And I build from that, Um, but would say like dancing, I knew I wanted to do something with that since I had a group of dancers. Um, So fast forward, let's say we find these pieces. um, And in most cases, my students will find these pieces on what? What do you think? The internet. YouTube, right? Yeah, the (laughs) internet. Um, And so a rule that I had forced was that a YouTube clip could not have more than a million views. Um, And then once that student showed me that video, um they were um uh, they weren't able to watch it anymore. Oh. So I would go ahead and type it for them so that they wouldn't get the the speaker's interpretation or the poet's interpretation in their mind because at the end of the day um the what I'm trying to teach these kids is how to interpret um the lines they see in front of them with their own vision, you know. That's yeah. a good rule. So yeah, so I would yeah, so I would type it out for them. Then we would start practicing. Um, so I printed out all these materials, um, give them the, give them, give all scripts. Um, and before we even stand up to read, uh, I would sit down with my students and we would read the script line by line. And the way we would read the script was in succession. So we can try this out. So I had one student read a line and once that student was done um, at a certain phrase or stanza, the next student would read, "So we can we can try this. So we'll do Mary had a little lamb, and Kirk can be two, and Melissa can be the third person. So am I supposed Mary to had to know a little what Mary had a little lamb is? Yeah, do, do, I'm do, supposed you to know, know the
0: lines? Antonio <laughs> I never did group in inter. Oh, oh.
2: Okay, I can be the I can be all three people. So Mary had a little lamb. I pulled it up. I got it on Wikipedia. I'm good awesome so mary had a little lamb whose fleece was white as snow
1: and everywhere that mary went the The lamb lamb
0: was was sure to go
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so after we would read it once then kurt the second student would start with the first line and we would do this a handful of times so i would hear which student had the best interpretation or voicing of that line. So when it all is said and done, all of my students would have read each line, and then I would go uh, the next day and think, "Who who said Mary had a little lamb the best?" And so I would give that student the line, and so on and so forth. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of like an auditioning of who said the line the best, and then. After that, I had to make sure that there was an equal distribution so um, we of course did highlighting so every kid had their own highlighter, and yellow would signify that you know everyone would have that line um and then so after we did the uh, distributing of lines, then we had the cool stuff so we would add the the gestures and the movements um and the thing about group interpretation I think a lot of kids kiddos have trouble with is that they just move just to move and to look cool versus moving um, with a sense of symbolism. And so a good example I could give was we would have this, a line, one of my group interprets had this line about their heart being broken. And so my kiddos would take their hand out and kind of place it on the the student who was saying that line and they would do the... And you know, give that line more meaning mm-hmm. with their movement. You know, and then we would draw out the movement simply by. Um, it was kind of like football. So we would have these X's um on a pieces of paper, and you would see where you'd move for the next uh, line. Sports references, right?
1: It's so sportsy I, I know what you're referencing, thanks to TV.
0: Yep, I was yeah. gonna say I've watched two seasons of Friday Night Lights. I get it.
1: <laughs> oh come on! There was a football team on Glee. Yeah, that's right. So
2: I forgot their name.
1: It doesn't matter, but I know what you're referencing. <laughs> Circles and X's, and then there were like arrows
2: pointing yeah, arrows them in different
1: directions. in different direction. And
2: yeah, and that's how we w- we would do the the movements. Um, and now we can talk about Binder Tech, Melissa's favorite thing, right? I
0: love Binder Tech so much.
2: Yeah, and so it's it goes up with every other category, but there's so much you could do, I think, in group Interp because there's, you know, you potentially have five binders coming at you, and so what I appreciate about uh, group interp when I see them is when I see kids being really creative. Um, this is the first year where I saw um, kiddos using the their clip as like, a, uh, I think a door opened and they unlatched a clip, and then they um, all five of them would clip it again to make that you know that sound. Um, I've seen kiddos uh, scratch their binders or slam their binders um, or use the, you know, use their binders for uh, simple blocking maneuvers.
1: Can I interrupt for just one second? Yeah, because yeah my, my, the Those group interp girls I referenced earlier were just telling me about this at the state tournament because this is not the first year that clip thing has happened. They did it in their really? piece last year. And they were telling me, she's like one of the girls was like, you would like three or four groups are doing that now. And I was like, well, good. That means you started something.
2: Yeah, exactly. Those are the types of things um, that you
1: should be super proud of when somebody copies something you did. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get mad. Yeah, exactly. Just be happy that something you did was awesome enough that somebody decided to, to emulate it. And that's thanks yeah. to Melissa strongly advocating binder tech.
0: Because now that we can like use it.
1: now that we can use binders, the binders can not only move in space but they can also make noise,
2: yeah,
0: it just makes it cool,
2: yeah, especially with these um these girls who won first place in group interpretation, um they do a, a particular scary piece, and so um they use that their binders to make sounds to be creepy and it's it's pretty amazing yeah. um and so once uh I have a group interpret Um, and we have them up and they're actually doing their pieces. I do specific things as a coach to, uh, bring that interpretation even more to life. And so when they're performing, um, a group interpretation is a group, a good group if they do everything, um, the same, uh, the same voice, the same volume, um, same facial expression. So what I'll do is I'll, when they're performing, I'll stand in front of them and I'll have them match my... My uh, facial expressions, um, we would sometimes go down to the, the mat room where there was a bunch of mirrors, so I'd have them see uh, themselves while they're, they're performing, and I'd make sure they're doing things like their binder were, at the same, um, were all at the same heights, that they're doing the movements at the same time. So that's something else I did.
0: More people should Um, practice in front of mirrors. I 100% recommend, especially if it's a duo or group interp or play acting so that you have more spatial awareness of what the other people are doing.
2: Mirrors,
0: practice in front of them.
2: Yeah. Agreed. And do that, you know, when you're kind of along the lines of you're already performing and you're pretty good. It's just more to tweak certain things yeah um yeah another well, big sometimes thing they up- just
1: don't know what you're like they can they sometimes just can't see each other right and it's the same way when you're like learning a dance like there's a reason dance studios have a full wall of mirrors it's so that you can see someone from the front and back and so when yeah. you try to say like susie make your hand look more like bobby
2: they can't well, see, like
1: Susie can't see Bobby, but like when there's mirrors, she can look at Bobby and be like, Oh, now I get what you were trying to say about having my hand yeah. that certain way.
2: Exactly. Um, another thing I look out for, for a really good, a group, group, good group interp, um, is whenever you're not saying a line, I like you to still tell me what the speaker is saying through your face. So um, acting when you're not speaking, you know,
0: it's a huge problem that I think that people have in group interp is that people believe that unless you're talking, you don't have to do anything. And that's not true. Like I've written exactly. that on so many group interp critique sheets, like figure out a way to either be reacting to the thing that they're doing or to be involved in the thing they're doing rather than just looking down at your binder.
1: Yeah. The other thing, too, that I see sometimes uh, with group interp groups is the only person moving will be the person speaking. And I think that there's so much opportunity to be had in having even when you're not the person speaking or reciting the the lines, you can be adding to the interp by moving with the group or sometimes the person speaking
2: stands still and everybody else moves around them. That works, too. Yeah. Which is, you know, the element that talked about about being creative it's the best group in terms to find these waves to be creative um, and to bring the the piece more to life you know
1: but in a way that supports the story being told and or the the piece of writing that's being
2: recited exactly you know like
1: one thing I remember about seeing your dance piece Antonio is that like it was spoken word poetry for the most part yes yep yep and so like that really allowed that group to be very creative in how they use the space because it, it wasn't, you know, a monologue or a piece of prose where it had to kind of stay grounded in a way, like with spoken word, you could feel free to like, as you did, like literally represent the beating of a heart right. because it's, it's part of a poem and that's right. I, I, that was super effective and something that I hadn't seen a lot of people doing before. Like a lot of prose, or a lot of group is still telling a standard story. You know, right. there's, you know, from start to finish, a beginning, a middle and an end, which I still like. And you can still find a ton of creativity with. But by not being so structured in the composition of the piece, your students were allowed to also not be so structured in their movement.
2: Yeah. And it's just so difficult. I give kudos and props to these coaches who can do the 10 minute, um, group interp, you know, single prose or a single poem. I just found so much difficulty with that.
1: I genuinely never did it for my kids. They always had to find the piece themselves. So (laughs) they found it, they cut it. And then I helped them with the distributing of lines. And also too, like you were talking about the process of initially distributing lines I found that yeah. often once we got to the movement portion of putting together a group interp, that changed frequently. Like, oh, now it doesn't make sense to have this person say it. So you're going to swap sure. sentences or like, oh, you know, it would be really cool is if instead of just having one person say it, if you all said it, or if you said it in an echo, or if you like one person said it angrily and one person said it quiet, like there's so many different ways that you can play with that once you get the piece up on its feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so as with many of cat- many of the categories we've talked about guys it's not uh you know it's not something that's set in stone feel free to change it as often as you want especially right. before you start getting to competition like you don't just because you highlighted something in yellow on a piece of paper does not mean it always has to stay that way
2: right And, um, another thing I did with, uh, my group interprets, um, I made sure that they're pretty, uh, uh, for, uh, sorry, I'm having, I'm losing my words. It was, a, I had my groups interps, uh, have a good mix of ages. So with my groups of five, I would have, um, a member be a freshman, sophomore, junior and senior. So that way, um, the next year after my senior graduated, I wouldn't have to start over with a new group. And I had a a strong foundation to build off already. Um, I also found myself holding practices uh, with other kiddos um, watching Group Interp because in many situations, I've had a group member kicked out of the school or on academic probation. And that way, um, the student who was watching could, you know, jump in if I needed someone to come in, like a sub in, in sports.
0: Or an understudy in theater.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Melissa. I was about to
1: say it. I appreciate you.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, and that's, I think that's all the notes I have. I'm trying to think.
1: I think, you know, Group Interp is one of those things that, like I said, I didn't get it until I got it. And so one thing I just want to... Put out into the world is that if you are a coach who doesn't get group interp, if you're a judge who just doesn't get group interp, like try to keep an open mind um, because you never know what it is that you're going to see someday or what group of kids you might work with someday who opens your your eyes to the possibilities of of any category. But group interp, especially it's one of the it's one of the odd ones. Um, yeah. and I know it's, it's one of the ones that I hear the most often from people that they have trouble understanding it or have trouble embracing it. And, um, and part of that is too, is that it can be so different from group to group and then they're confused as to like, well, how do I judge it? And I guess it's just yeah. like, what did you like the most? And also sometimes you can like something, even if you don't fully understand it or like it. You can still appreciate the work that was put into it, and you can see you know how polished the performance is or how much you liked the story that was told. There's so many things you can like about it, even if the the form of it you think um you know the the thing I hear too often is it's it's too busy, it's too much movement <laughs> and it's <laughs> like and think, that's a critiquable thing,
2: yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And I think I, I've talked to other coaches about group inter before and, um, I think they find difficulty with it because, um, they don't want their, they don't want to put their best interpreters in a group of five, uh, competition wise, because, you know, that's only one entry. Yeah. Um, versus, versus spreading your, your talent out. Um, but I found that if that's the case, you just double enter or triple, up or triple enter those kiddos. And that's something we can do now. That's one yeah. of the
1: advantages of having just about every tournament now be a double entry tournament. And many of them triple triple entries. Yeah. yeah. Is, is there something in particular that kids learn from being in Group and that they don't get somewhere else?
2: Um, I've, you know, I've found that. A lot the group interp category specifically. It's very um loving. Uh, um my kiddos always made really good friends with um groups from other schools. So I think group interp in itself in the WFCA was very clicky. So I think that was pretty no. cool about the category.
1: Yeah, it's
0: almost I like there's something
1: about sorry, go ahead, Melissa.
0: Oh no, I was gonna say like there's there's something to be said for the fact that, like, because you have to show empathy and compassion to the people that are in your group interp, whether it's one person or four other people, it allows those kids to then extend that compassion to their fellow competitors, uh, which you hope would happen in all categories. But it just I, I agree that it is a little bit more prevalent in a category like group and terp.
1: Yeah. Building off of that, what I was going to say is just because you have to share the stage essentially you have to remove part of your ego from the equation and you have to accept that part of your final score, your final fate, your final ranking is in the hands of somebody else. And so I think, you know, removing that uh, element of ego also probably, it makes it a little bit easier to then interact with the other competitors in your room because you've, you're not an island of one in the room competing for yourself. You, 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 by necessity of the category have to be open to interacting with somebody else and knowing it's not all on you. Right. That you are in, you know, to a degree, you're all in it together. And And I feel like forensics kids get there, you know, as they compete over the years and even just like from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. But it makes sense that Group Interp would have that happen faster.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And along those lines, it's like uh, I think there's a lot, is way more pressure to mess up in a group. Um, for example, one of, one of um, Martin's kiddos dropped uh, their paper during the final round of group interp, which is you know just just feels so horrible. So yeah. that pressure of you know if you're the one who messes up, um, you mess the whole thing up is it's, it's there. Yeah. Do but you guys I also have think
1: that
0: group interp? teaches you what it means to contribute your strengths to like a greater result like you make the smart coaching decision of figuring out what those student strengths are and helping them fit into the slots that best support those but I think Group Interp shows Like there's always the kid in the group and Terp who's like the team leader. There's the one who's like the mom of them who's making sure everyone's Mm -hmm. showing up on time. Like outside of just like the performance aspect, it teaches you how to contribute to a group.
1: Right. Which sounds Mm -hmm. like a
0: crazy thing, but there are lots of people who get out into the world and they don't work well in group situations because they don't understand how to not necessarily play nicely, but how to bring their best self to the table in order to contribute the best aspect that they can to the final project.
1: And allow others to shine as well. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what are some memorable performances of Group Interp that you guys have seen?
2: You can go first, Melissa. Oh no.
0: Um I mean I've got I got to to see both the North Girls from this year and this year's state champions who are doing a very unconventional style of group and where it's based in in more of a suspense building rather than a a building of a laugh. And I really appreciate that. I'm so sorry for yawning. It's so late.
1: (laughs) It is late. Um,
0: But I I really am excited to see where the category goes because of people starting to now finally take risks in Group and Terp because for a very long time in coaching Group and Terp, it was only just silly stuff. There was no space for serious group interps for so long and 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 now we are changing the tides of it and it makes me really happy
2: and um that's one of the things i try to mold my group interps um around is i really uh appreciated programs and it's just not group interp but programs that uh had a little bit of funniness to them uh, or had a really you know dramatic emotional impact so having a variety of Emotions is a really good, uh, makes a good good Group Interp. But um, my favorite showcase of Group and Interp, and it's, you can actually watch it because it's on the WFCA website, but it was the state finals of 2016 of Group and Interp. And the girls who actually won Group Interp this year, they're in that, um, they were doing another scary piece too that year, but that year was just a really good group and a good year for group and terp. And it's funny because all the while, um, because Melissa, you said it used to be all silly, but today it seems to be all serious group and terps. And I think that's why we kind of had a leg up on everybody is because we did have that funny aspect to it. And another thing that's interesting is why they're mostly all girl group and terps
0: cuz boys drool and girls rule.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that was a that was an interesting aspect of the category.
1: Yeah, maybe teenage girls are more willing to work with other people. They're yeah. just
0: cooler and smarter and mm-hmm. better than you guys. Just deal with it.
1: <laughs> All right. I'm willing to accept it. Yeah.
0: Kirk, do you have one that stands out for you?
1: not one i mean i do have to say like antonio your group from a couple years ago the ones who did the dancing piece like that shifted something in my mind about what group interp could be yeah um because i did i had always thought of it as more of a traditional story um just split up into different lines and that was also the same year i was working with those girls for the first time so like my brain was cracked open already as to like how much fun could be had in the category. So yeah. I, I do remember very specifically the first time I got to see them. Um, and there was a, a group in from app East, much like the state champions this year, uh, back when I was competing and I remember their black suits with their red shirts and they did a scary piece, <laughs> like a, a suspenseful like ghost story. And I remember, um, They used sound uh, very specifically, uh, not only adding vocal sound effects to their piece, but also just the way they played um, with pitch and with volume. And like they were clearly all singers because they could modulate their voices in ways that just sounded really cool together. Um, And so I remember that being a very cool effect, but also thinking at the time, like it would really take a group of people who like, they, again, they would have had to have all been singers in order to make that, that work. you don't always get that specific uh, talent in a, in a group in terp. But I, I do recall that from my high school years as one of the performances that stood out and made me go, wow, being in a group could be
2: really cool. Yeah. There's a lot of things you could do. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us Antonio. It was great to have yeah. you back on the pod. Let's let's make it happen again sometime soon, okay? For sure. Excellent um And I guess the last thing I'll say is like, it's 10 30 at night right now. Yeah. Um, oh my God. So, what's going to happen for ends of the pod is I will release this episode on Monday, but it's going to be later than normal because I'm going to go to bed and I will edit this episode tomorrow. So, you will see it in your feed sometime in the morning, but not at 5 a.m.
0: Oh, darn. It's yeah. so silly that you're saying this because they'll already be listening to this after it's happened.
1: True. But now they're getting an explanation as to why it was late.
0: Because it's 1034 and I am. Why are we? This is awful.
1: <laughs> well, it won't last much longer. I did just want to say if, one. If, if not
0: for Antonio's wonderfulness, I would not be here.
1: Thank you, it's... Melissa, for letting me know that. I appreciate that. I would not be enough of a draw. It's for Antonio.
0: Yeah.
2: Thanks. I Um, had to deliver food to make money for grad school. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, I want to address one thing before we get off the pod, which is that um, I had several people uh, talk to me at the state tournament uh, about the podcast in general, uh, but several people who specifically mentioned our episode about the George Mason University uh, sexual harassment scandal. Uh, the special pod that we did a couple weeks ago. And I just wanted to say thank you for that affirmation. Um, I was nervous to put that out in the world, but I'm glad that it uh, was helpful to people and glad that it helped create more conversations. Um, so thank you guys for that. And I was happy, happy to hear your feedback and will be happy to hear your feedback about any of the episodes we do from here on out. It's been okay, maybe a pleasure not this talking one, to people. Though.
0: Maybe not this one, though. Oh, my God. The feedback so many great, is about,
1: about, Antonio about how wonderful and how great Antonio he is. Yeah. yeah. I want to hear
0: Only Antonio. <laughs> Melissa would not like feedback about herself in this episode.
1: But sometimes that's when we need it the most.
0: Oh, my God. I hate you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I love you both so much. Thank you, Fair Antonio.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's all say goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Good, good night. <laughs>
2: Forensics Faces is proudly produced in Wisconsin, the birthplace of the National Forensics League. Our theme song was written and performed by J.J. Haymeister.
1: Yep, that's not how he says his name. Damn it. <laughs> I want to keep it so bad. We're right, sure. keeping it. If you're a fan of Forensic Faces, the best way to support the podcast is to leave a five-star rating and review <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. You can get in touch with Melissa and me by emailing listen at forensicsfaces.com.
0: You can also find all the links to our social media accounts and online merch store by going to our website, forensicsfaces.com.
2: I'm Kurt. I'm Antonio.
0: And I'm Melissa. encouraging you to listen? Think. And speak.
1: Preferably in that order.
2: I'm so sorry. ding 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 ding
0: ding 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 ding